0: you're listening to the technology for mindfulness podcast episode 40 hosted by me robert plotkin today i'm going to be speaking with patricia lohan a coach healer feng shui expert and passionate female entrepreneur who has created her dream life and helps others to do the same She's both a spiritual and practical person, having 15 years of experience running and growing three successful startups. Now, as a business coach, she helps people to detox their businesses, unstick their beliefs, declutter their busy minds, and show them what a successful life looks like. You can find out more about Patricia at patricialohan.com. We're extremely pleased to welcome Patricia Lohan to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. In today's interview with Patricia Lohan, you'll hear about how Patricia uses feng shui to help people arrange the objects in their life, in their homes and businesses, to make themselves more calm, peaceful, mindful, productive, and happy. When we think about feng shui, many of us think about arrangement of furniture, but it can also involve where you put and how you use your technology. So for today's tip, I'd like to make a suggestion that's very simple and easy to understand, but very hard for many of us to put into practice, which is to not have your smartphone in your bedroom with you while you sleep. I know many of us do this out of habit, but perhaps you've noticed if you do this that you stay up later than you would without your phone. You might even wake up during the night more frequently than you would without your phone and that you experience a jolt of anxiety upon waking and you check your phone and get even more stressed out immediately upon waking. And in addition to that personal experience, there's uh, just an incredible amount of research backing this up. So my suggestion is, as you get ready for bed each night, finish whatever you're doing with your phone in a room other than your bedroom. And this isn't just your phone, It's your phone, your laptop, your tablet, whatever computing devices you have. Wrap up with them, ideally at least a half an hour before you're planning to go to bed. And then turn those devices off, keep them in a room outside your bedroom, and then go into your bedroom to sleep without any of those devices near you. If you think this is impossible, just give it a try. And if you don't know how you're going to wake yourself up without using your phone as an alarm, Spend just a few dollars on an old-fashioned alarm clock, (laughs) which does nothing but wake you up in the morning. Try this out for a week and see what kind of a difference it makes in how you feel while you're getting ready for bed, while you're sleeping, and when you wake up first thing in the morning. Hope you find this helpful, and I hope you enjoy the upcoming interview with Patricia Lohan. Hi, Patricia, and welcome to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. Hi, Robert. Just so happy to be here. Great to have you. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about uh, your work with feng shui, and I hope I pronounced that correctly.
1: As long as you're implementing or taking in some feng shui, I don't mind how you say it, to be honest.
0: Okay, great. Uh, I'm sure most people have heard of it, but could you just Give people a, a short introduction to feng shui and what it is and, and let's say uh, what how you what your work is with feng shui.
1: Sure. So I love describing feng shui as acupuncture for your home because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that may have heard about what they what it is and they think I'm all about moving furniture and throwing out everything painting your whole house white, knocking walls. And actually, I don't really mind about those things. They're really tiny little parts that I may touch on when I work with clients. Most of the time, I'm really focused on making sure that the energy of your home is completely aligned with what you want. Because we all have a home. If you're listening here, we have one thing in common. We all have a roof over our heads that we call our home. And it is either attracting what you want or repelling it. And that's what Feng Shui is all about. It's about creating an environment that is good for health and good for wealth and attracting whatever it is that you want into your life.
0: Mm, That's really great. I've never heard it described that way. Uh, so uh, thanks very much. I appreciate it. And maybe we can start going straight to uh, the topic that is of most interest to our listeners, which is in people's lives today, uh, our spaces are filled with technology and Often we're interacting with it and often we're not. I wonder if we can you know, just start talking a little bit about the impact that that's had on, on feng shui and maybe some of the most common issues that you, you see uh, with technology in people's living and workspaces.
1: For sure. So I love technology and, you know, it's made it possible for me to work with people across the globe doing something that I originally thought I would only be able to do in person with people. So the amazing capacity and scope of it has just opened up such a huge, huge, huge opportunities for me and my world, but also for so many people that I know. But there are some setbacks and some things that I notice a lot when I am working with clients, whether it's in person or reviewing their homes via Skype. Um, and I want to just really focus on the fact that when we are working with technology and you know, there's so much energy, um, connected with them and we're all connected to wireless networks and, you know, there hasn't been that much research done on the effect of that because it really is pretty new. Um, so mm-hmm. when we think about technology, what I see a lot of in, in a lot of homes is there's a lot more than we used to have. Like, even working with in homes would be 10 years ago, there was like a TV and a PC and, you know, there was very, the occasional laptop. But now it's like everyone has an iPhone, they have a a phone, an iPad or a Kindle and a laptop and TV and Apple TV and Wi-Fi and all these different things. So... There's nothing wrong with any of them, but my big thing is about the positioning and placement of them. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I know that I talked about it not Feng shui, not being about like location of furniture, but it's really about looking about creating clear boundaries when it comes to technology in your home. Because if you think about your phone, how much you are using it for? First of all, I use mine most of the time for work. And the amount of clients that I have that the first thing they do is they look at their phone at night when they wake up in the morning um, they check their messages. They see what's going on. They use their phone as their alarm clock. And, you know, that has amazing uses. But the other thing is, when are you ever going to get a chance to switch off
0: mm-hmm.
1: and really give yourself an opportunity to properly rest? Because if your phone is, I'm going to start with the phone in your bedroom, if your phone is right beside your head and you haven't turned off the Wi-Fi, so first of all, it's connecting into that energy all night long. Your phone, which is all your work, your family, all your connections, everything you've done and watched on it is literally stuck stuck beside your head. It's going to be affecting your sleep and you go straight into this active mind when you wake up in the morning, connecting into that. So rather than saying like, you cannot get rid of any of these things because you use them in your life, in your business. And that's impractical. But what about creating some clear boundaries, not having your phone in the bedroom? And that is one of the things that myself and my husband practice. And it just feels so good because you're not straight on in the morning into your work and busyness. And it gives you a chance to really have a restful night's sleep, Get an alarm clock, like a proper old traditional alarm clock that you're not like straight into that work mode. Um, And then you're literally going to be so much more rested. Like that's my main fundamental thing when it comes to um, phones in the bedrooms. Also laptops in your bedroom. You know, these things, again, it's exactly the same as your phone. It's all connected to work. um, And that is going to affect your sleep. It's going to affect your energy. But also you are so much more productive when you're just focused at one thing at a time. And when you're sitting and you have your clear boundaries of like, this is where I sit at my desk and do my work. Really, really great because your whole body channels energy into that. Whereas if you are sitting on your bed working, you're sitting on your couch working, you're sitting at your kitchen table working. There is just no clear boundaries. So it gets so messy and you don't allow yourself to switch off at all. Mm-hmm. The other technologies in the bedroom that I'm not a fan of, but this is something that I see in a lot of homes, is having a TV in your bedroom. So that again, there's a lot of stuff that's on the TV. Like most of the time we have the TV on and we, I don't watch the news, um, on TV, but the news and like movies and so much action and energy in them that I really, if, if you can't get rid of the TV, because you're actually like, this is something that me and my husband, I've seen this with many of my clients. It's something my me and my husband really love. It's just like a Saturday morning. We watch a movie with our kids in bed. Like there's some things that it's all good, but like really just, Covering it at nighttime. So you just have this like habit of just, you know, covering it at nighttime. So you're thinking about like switching off, mm. turning into downtime, you know, really giving yourself a, your, and your body and your mind a chance to rest and not be in this busy, um, alpha or sorry, like beta brainwave state. Um, and just having those things around you are just triggering reminders of work and, activity, where it would be so much better to just have a nice book beside you that you're reading to just drift off to sleep um, um, much more mindfully.
0: So uh, it's interesting you mentioned uh, covering devices. I was wondering if there's any Thing else that you recommend, particularly if it uh, comes from feng shui principles or practices, uh, that for people to do in terms of how they set up their space with technology, uh, places to to put it, or practice using it in order to help make it easier to do the kinds of things you're suggesting. Uh, we do talk a lot on the podcast and the blog about setting boundaries, but I know that it can be very hard for people to do that just by trying to practice it as a habit.
1: Um, One of my favorite things to do in terms of feng shui is creating spaces that you specifically use different things. Um, so I, know that I said about like turning off the phone at night or not not bringing it into your bedroom at all so it doesn't activate that at all. But even going as far as like just turning off Wi-Fi at night,
0: mm-hmm. you know, before mm-hmm. you
1: go to bed. So then the first thing in the morning is you can't, when you do come to your phone, reduce you your phone, you're not turning it on. Like there's no wifi. You have to put in, you have to put a step in. So it's about really, um, in terms of positioning things, I would definitely recommend setting up your space and having defined activities in defined places. So each part of your home represents a different part of your life. Now that is something that we do when, when I do feng shui in people's homes is we find out what the energy is in that specific area, whether it's positive or negative, attracting or, um, Repelling what it is that you want in terms of like your career or your um, relationships. But in terms of placing technology, I am a really big fan of just setting up your spaces for success in terms of your office space or your workspace. So if you have a office or a desk, getting that being the only place dedicated to your work. Um, So for example, setting up yourself and set up your desk in terms of feng shui, I would always recommend trying to get yourself positioned in a place where you have your back to the wall, you can see the door, and you're feeling super supported to be able to see what's coming at you. Now, this it depends on like how much flexibility you have with your office and with your desk. Uh, but in terms of positioning yourself like a nice, strong chair, being able to see the door um, having an, a solid desk and really making that your defined office and workspace and keeping your technology in that place will make such a big difference. Now, I have had clients who are like, "I work at the kitchen table." and right now I'm actually sitting at our kitchen table because we've just moved from Bali to Slovenia, and we're in a temporary place. Um, but one of the things that we clearly do at nighttime is literally pack up our technology and put it all away (laughs) so that the first thing we see in the morning is not our laptops on the kitchen table Mm. you know so it's like actually this is gonna we we set it up and i've I've worked with clients in in the past where i'm like clear it off and if it is your kitchen table you put down some placemats and you set your table for dinner and you make Mm. these really conscious decisions about where you do your technology and where you don't do it um and then that really makes a huge difference in when you sit down then you're so much more focused on it
0: it's really great you, know, you i hear you saying at least two things one is uh set up defined areas for use of technology but the the second example you gave was if you might end up using one space for technology sometimes and not at other times. Uh, The the placemat example is make some change to the space, even temporarily, Mm -hmm. that makes it be uh, set up or suitable or uh, for the non-technology use, Uh, right? Make some actual physical change to it. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, And then the other part when it comes to technology is there is amazing little... um, Things you can buy online called EMF detectors. And if you move around your house, you can actually literally detect where there is high levels of um, electromagnetic energy. Um, And doing that, you'll be able to then scan and see where there are good places for you to spend good more time or bad time, bad places not that are not good to spend time. So in terms mm. of like where there's like excess energy and that could be where all of the cables and wiring is coming into your house like not sitting beside that specifically. Um and I remember very vividly doing this with um with um a, a guy in a, in in uh, in our house and we were going around the house and I was laughing cuz my dog would never stay in that one area. Like it was just like once we discovered where I was like, that is so interesting. That space is where I used to put the dog's bed. And I would get up in the morning and he would move the, he would have moved the bed. And <laughs> no wonder he doesn't want to stay there because he could sense the energy he didn't mm. want to stay there. So I would definitely recommend getting one of those EMF detectors. There might be like 12, 15 euros online. Um, and you can literally just wander around your house and scan and see where there's like excessive energy. And there are some things that you can do to like you cannot necessarily get rid of it but to detract mm-hmm. the energy and to like minimize it and one of those is that some people may not have come across uh, i have many people that i know that use it is um a thing called organized um and this really just helps that energy dissipate the other the other thing is using specific crystals so many years ago when i used to work in an office that had a lot of a huge big um technology and loads and loads of different um, f- uh, servers and things in the office. We actually got selenite crystals in and we put them in that area to absorb that energy so that you weren't absorbing it yourself.
0: It's great. You know, it's it's funny in the technology world, the only devices I'm aware of are things which amplify and relay <laughs> to Wi-Fi signals. Right. That's always what's being promoted. The, the, the next version of a router is always one that can transmit the signal farther and stronger mm-hmm. uh, and get it throughout more and more of your house. That's always the selling point.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I think that one of the things is just to be able to step, step back and think and be so grateful for technology and grateful for everything that it gives us, but also be mindful of that our energy systems our, are the most precious thing that we have, like our own physical bodies. And that technology, like, I don't know if you um, experienced this, but if I am on my phone for an excessive length of time, I can feel the heat and the energy into my hand. and I'm like, I'm like, this, this can't be really good. <laughs> like, yes. my body is giving me a sign saying, this is getting hot. You know, when we're taught, like, don't touch the cooker when it's hot as kids, like, and it's starting to burn through. I'm like, okay, it's time to put my phone down and to pick up a book. It's time to get outside and get some fresh air. You know, and that is one of the big things is that we, you know, technology connects us so much, but it disconnects us a lot from um, the environment and from outside and nature. And one of the big principles of feng shui, and I'm kind of loving this conversation, is (laughs) work with feng shui. We actually work with the five elements. So it's based on traditional Chinese medicine. And each one of those elements, when it comes to bringing them into a home, for example, the career area of your home is the north area of your home. So if you want to boost your career area, definitely have a look in the north area of your home, see what's in it. Is there anything that resonates with your career that connects with it? Is there things that are broken or not working because that would be depleting the energy of that area. But I have one client um, many years ago and when she she had, we had to bring in some fire element. So fire element would be literally bringing in like a red, something red into that area. So she went to Target, she didn't go get anything very expensive. She bought a new quilt for her bed that happened to be her career area. And when she did this, she, um, she put it on the bed and the next day her son won a scholarship worth $70,000. She actually, um, Got invited to be on a board of advisors for the university that she was associated with for women in business, which was just perfect alignment with her and her career. And her husband got a new contract. So it was all very like, and this is working with the mm-hmm. five elements. So when we think about feng shui in terms of what it is that you're attracting, repelling, and nature, we're really working with these different elements to attract what it is you want in and that. Sometimes the technology, if it is, if we are disconnected from ourselves and for the from nature's elements, that technology is is kind of doing that we're not being mm-hmm. able to attract what we want in. So I feel like this is something that it, it will be maybe people are open to listening to. Is really just are taking in is technology is amazing. But don't forget about how amazing nature is and how it's mm-hmm. the most powerful technology in the whole world. And when we connect with that, we'll get more insights and more knowledge and more um, divine, divine downloads or just like intuitive hits to be able to grow our own business mm-hmm. or, or improve even more the whole um, technological world that we're in.
0: I really appreciate it. I mean, technology these days is usually designed to take our attention away from our bodies and our natural surroundings around us. So, you know, I'm always looking for ways, uh, given the fact that because of my work, I need to use technology a significant amount of time. You know, I'm always looking for ways and we're always looking, uh, for ways uh, on the podcast to talk to people about how can they, uh, while they're using technology, still t- stay in touch with their bodies and mm-hmm. and the world around them. Given the fact that, for the most part, the technology is is designed to incline people to do the opposite of that, uh, which is get sucked into the artificial world of the of the technology. Let me let me pose a bit of a challenge for you by uh, moving away a bit from the home, and talk about uh, the workplace, which. I think of it as a challenge because, one, the most work environments tend to be a bit more unnatural, maybe in an office building. uh, You might be in an interior room without even a window to the outside world. And many people are in situations where they don't have a significant amount of control. Yeah. over the, the physical space itself. I wonder what, what you can say to people in that kind of a situation as to you know, what they can do to make the most of the, the space that they're in.
1: First of all, you'll still have a desk. So wherever you're working, you have your own desk. And what I would recommend doing the very first thing with your own desk is keeping it as clear as possible because Mm -hmm. clutter and excess stuff on your desk is going to keep your mind um, very, very, very scattered and you're not going to be able to focus. So keeping your desk as clear as possible. That also includes your desktop. So I see so many people's desktops with so many files and I will be like, try and keep your desktop as clear as possible and really start to minimize what's on it so that when you do come to work, that you're not like literally overloaded. The first thing you do when you turn on your computer yeah. and the screen comes on. This leads me to another suggestion for your screens, for your screensaver, but also for your screen, um, for the, the background on your laptop is be mindful of what's on that image. You know, what are you seeing? I often talk to people about their homes and their, you know, the the imagery they have around them is like, create a home that represents your vision board, like make it like what you want to create and attract in your life. The amount of times you flick on and you see that image, you want it to be something that is very fluid and very much in touch with what you want to call into your life. A lot of people still have that mountain on that when, if you've bought an apple, there's like a big mountain. And for me, you turning on your computer and you see a mountain every day, you see something that's going to be a big challenge to climb up. And it's a really creating like this psychological, this like subconscious messages to your mind going, you have a big <laughs> journey and a task ahead of you. Whereas usually on my screensaver, it's something that I want to call into my life, um, or attract in that I'm like in manifesting mode for. Um, or something that sparks joy. Up until now, there was a picture of myself and my husband on a swing in our in our swimwear in the Gilly Islands in Bali. Like that was just such an uplifting, positive image. So that's one thing. Secondly, but you do have your own desk. So from your own desk, bring in things that are going to really drive you into like why I'm doing this. So, for example, on my screensaver, I had a picture of myself and my husband. On my desk, I used to have a picture of myself and my husband going like, why am I doing this work? What's this all about? And really happy time for us. Um, and you can bring nature in, you know, bring in a plant or bring in some fresh flowers, like bring nature in with you. And I know you're, you're talking about people being in little desk, rooms that have no light. And believe it or not, the business that I ran many years ago, my office was in the basement. And we used to call it the, I used to call it the dungeon, like jokingly, the dungeon. <laughs> um, I couldn't set it up as amazingly as I possibly could in terms of feng shui practices. But our, um, the business, all the clients and everyone, it was a, uh, a restaurant and bar and off license. It was our family business. They all had this beautiful view of the, of Galway Bay. I'm from the West coast of Ireland and this beautiful promenade and the ocean. So everybody got to see that except me down in the office. Um, And one day I was like, this is this is terrible. Like, what am I doing down here? And everyone has this view. So I went upstairs. I took a picture of the view. It was really magnificent, stunning day. And I got the printers. I got my printers to print out a big poster. So I brought mm-hmm. nature downstairs. I brought the images of nature into my office. And I'm telling you, it totally shifted everything in that space because it felt more open. It felt more connected to nature. It was just so phenomenal. So. Be mindful of like the images on your desktop, the pictures that you have on your on your um, your actual desk on the walls around you. If you do have something like how like make sure it's something that's really sparking that connection with nature into your space.
0: Uh, these are these are really great suggestions, and I, I very much appreciate that you have pointed out to people that even within an environment that might have many constraints imposed on it people often have some degree of freedom in which Mm -hmm. to tailor their environment to themselves and also to remind people of uh, just how many hours they may be looking at whatever image happens to be on their screen. I am often surprised when I see someone's computer that they're working at 8-10 hours a day that, as you said, has whatever background screen happened to be installed on it by default when they bought their computer. And, you know, we, many of us are looking at that more hours a day than, than the walls around us. Mm-hmm. Uh So, and it only takes a short amount of time, but it does take some, some conscious effort and, and, and intention to pause and pay attention to what you, Uh, might really want to look at. And I found for myself that uh, sometimes I like to change what's Mm -hmm. on my screen. Uh, It may change over time, may change with the seasons. Uh, Sometimes I end up with something that's more like the season that I'm in and sometimes it's the opposite. I'm in New England and I love the winter, but sometimes I like to see something sunny uh, in the winter. Oh, For
1: sure. I hear you. And, you know, it's really interesting because I'm so connecting with nature and the elements. And I've done a lot of analysis of many, 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 many people's different offices and how they're set up in their offices. But I remember talking to one lady and looking at the images of her office and it was just so fascinating because her her desk was set up like amazingly. She had this beautiful desk, a beautiful, positive, high-backed chair and really the boss of her scene. I was like, I don't know what I can give her suggestions of. And I said, tell me about that picture on the wall. And it was a winter scene. So like winter is a time for hibernation. It's not a time for expansion or growth or harvesting what you've, you, the seeds you've grown. It's very much an introverted cold. Like, and as you said, you don't even like really looking at the, that whole winterness. Um, <laughs> and she was like, okay. And I'm like, well, in your office, what do you want in your office? You want growth, you want expansion, you want new clients, you want abundance. Like what are the images that you want to call in? Um, And then when we got, she, she came on the call, she said, oh my God. She's like, not only have you pointed out the exact images or whatever, but it was my ex-husband's. And I was like, Mm. "Mm, I definitely don't want that in your office. You don't even want that in your home. Like it's time to go.
0: (laughs) <laughs> this is great. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about the home, a little bit about uh, the workspace. I know that you've got a book coming out pretty soon called The Happy Home, focused uh, on the home and feng shui. Can you tell us a little bit about this? You know What motivated you uh, to write the book and what people can look forward to in the book when it's released?
1: For sure. Um, what motivated me? I have had hundreds of clients around the world. And they're always asking me, I'd love a book. Have you got a book? I want to give someone some of your information. People are interested in what I've been doing in the house and they're seeing the results I'm getting, but they're not ready because a feng shui can feel like something a bit scary. And for me, if your home is happy, everybody else, everyone in it is happy. And it's like a very positive place to be. You know, we spend a lot of time in our homes, especially if we work from home. So I'm really such a huge fan of like creating an environment that is positive. So that was one of the factors. The second thing is actually I've been interested in feng shui since I was 15. So I've been really into this. I've been reading books in it and practicing it. And there's a certain level and place that you get to in a feng shui book. And this is from my own personal um, experience, was where it got into a real space of just a bit confusing. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of different information out there, conflicting information, because there's different schools of feng shui. So I wanted to just write something that was making feng shui make sense, seem very simple, but also around the relationship that people have with their homes. Because one of the things that I noticed a lot with my clients was we were working on creating positive environments inside, but they had like a noll of negative memories that had happened there or mm. they really just took for granted the space and once they started working with the energy they started to become better connected with it but less not as appreciative as they possibly could you know i feel like we're so blessed in the west to actually have homes and have roofs over our heads and be grateful for that but also start to treat it like a place like creating a sanctuary and a space that good things happen and a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. So I'm really excited about just spreading those insights and getting people aware of just the little basic things that they can do to create homes that are just harmonious for them, for their families, to allow them to attract in whatever it is they want.
0: Is there maybe one example you could share with us uh, of something that uh, people will take away from the book, something practical that they can do or a principle that you explain to people about how they can apply feng shui for themselves in their own home?
1: Yeah, for sure. My favorite analogy of your home is that it's like a person and if you fed the person like lots and lots of junk food um like that movie did, you know it's like not <laughs> healthy and not happy but also um when you start to think of it like a person you're like would you keep broken stuff in it would you know would you give mm. it be broken i think that's broken and not working or excess stuff i feel like we're in a very um consumption based and generation right now, whether it's consuming information and stuff. Um, I'm not a minimalist at all, but I'm really, really, really mindful about what I bring into my life, whether it's clothes or things that I have. And I'm like, do I really want this? And is there something that I can let go of to replace this with? So whether it's clothes. So one of the big parts of the journey in terms of functioning your home, and you know for people who have never really heard of it, I would so recommend just starting with moving through your space and going, "Is there anything here that does not represent where I want to go or represents a part of a past that I don't want any I don't want anymore like a, you know associated with like negative memories?" and those kind of things are holding you back from moving forward. So whether it's going through your wardrobe and just getting rid of some clothes that you haven't worn in like 6 months and making some space for new things in your life. Like once you start clearing out different parts of your home, little like even just a cupboard to take that you find some old files and documents you're like what am i holding on to this for and letting it go. You will see yourself just having more energy and more vibrancy because those areas are holding on to stagnant energy and really that stagnancy then is mirroring back into you and your life. So if there's anything that I would say to people is just to be really mindful of the things that they have in their house, I not I don't think that feng shui is really having an immaculately tidy, perfect house. It's just having a house that has things in it that are aligned with where you're going and less aligned with like where you're coming from and uh, anything negative associated with that
0: well, that's fantastic uh first i never really uh knew of feng shui having that element to it so i appreciate learning about it and it also dovetails very much with mindfulness practice which mm-hmm. is about focusing on your present experience and who you are now uh and letting go of the past so yeah. uh really great lesson. So I encourage people to uh, take a look at your book, The Happy Home, and we will uh, provide people with links to it. Where else can people go to find out more about you and your work and get in touch with you?
1: Sure. People can find me at PatriciaLohan.com. And I have a weekly tip that I send out. And it's usually a very simple, easy to implement tip that you'll never, you'll be like, oh, that's feng shui. Um, uh, So I send those out every week. So you can get them at PatriciaLohan.com or you can follow me on Instagram at Lohan Patricia where I give out loads of tips and insights as well. Um, But the book is on and available right now. There's some amazing things going with it because um, I've got a new course call a decluttering course really diving deep into that whole process of letting go and as you let go of your physical things it helps you to let go of the things on the inside the beliefs and the fears um they they really work and they have a symbiotic relationship which is really so powerful to see that transformation as you work on the outside the inside also um feels a lot lighter
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we I think all of us can relate to the desire to declutter. So we'll mm-hmm. uh, encourage people to go uh, to Patricialohan.com dot com to find out more.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Patricia, for being on Technology for Mindfulness podcast. It's really illuminating, very different type of topic than we've covered before. Mm-hmm. And I, I really learned a lot and enjoyed speaking with you.
1: Thank you, and I appreciate this opportunity to just share some some of the tiny little insights, and just recognizing that um, technology isn't going anywhere, but feng shui is a five thousand year old technology that um, (laughs) we can work the two of them together can create a lot of positive things in people's lives.
0: Thanks for joining us for this Technology for Mindfulness podcast with me, Robert Plotkin, and today's guest, Patricia Lohan, a coach, healer, and feng shui expert. You can find out more about Patricia at her website, patricialohan.com. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share the episode with your friends. Those and all other links are in the show notes. And check out our blog at technologyformindfulness.com for information and tips about science, technology, and mindfulness. And sign up for our Tap Into Mindfulness course for helping you to take control of your smartphone at bit.ly slash tap into mindfulness. I'm Robert Plotkin, and I'll join you next time on the Technology for Mindfulness podcast with Lori Woke, who has been teaching and coaching parents and kids for over a decade on how to build self-confidence in children and teens in the digital age.